Welcome back once again to the Cinematic Gold Podcast. I am your host, Cole Keedy. I have a very special episode for you guys today. I got to sit down with my friend Megan. So I've known Megan since fall term of 2021. She's an NMC major just like me, so I wanted to talk to her about her favorite movie. And like with many others, I didn't know what movie she'd pick. All right, Megan, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Grease. So yes, in today's episode, we'll be talking about the movie Grease. I've seen this only a few times, and I can't say I've seen it all the way through. And as has become a routine in these, hearing Megan talk about the movie refreshed my memory just a little bit. Why is it your favorite movie? It's just like the movie that I grew up with watching. Like, my my mom wasn't really like a musical type of person, and I am. But growing up, anytime Grease would come on the TV, she just would put it on and we would like dance in the living room together. So I literally can't watch it anymore without like thinking of joy. Yeah. How many times do you think you've seen the movie? Oh my gosh. At least twice a year, like every year of my life. So I'm going to say like 50 or 60 times. That's fair. (laughs) And then how old do you think you were when you first saw it? I was four years old when I first saw it. Nice. Do you think the movie has influenced influenced you you were kind of talking about with music before but do you think the movie has changed your changed your life um yeah i mean i don't know there's something about obviously people breaking out in song just in the middle of life is not realistic but like the joy of like thinking of like life through that way is kind of fun yeah so i think that was always a coping tactic for me growing up was like i would think of like okay if if this was a musical right now like how would i sing about it (laughs) right so yeah i definitely think so i mean it it was the first musical i ever saw and it got me into other musicals too so like i said i haven't seen grease that many times but it does make a lot of sense that megan likes this movie so much she really loves music of all genres so it makes sense that this was one of the things that cemented that appreciation for musicals and music as a whole Okay, and so uh, what aspects make Grease a good movie? Is there like a casting choice that you that you enjoy? Is there a particular scene that you like? Is there like a you know technical aspect, anything like that? Um, well, I think the director does a really good job at like pacing the movie through a story. Like it's a lot of times you're watching something happen over a long period of time and in this case like the movie is happening through the period of a whole entire school year so it's easy to miss things especially when you're watching a 90 minute movie um but he makes it feel like you're going through the whole year with this class of students and kind of following their experiences and their lives and their choices with them um I mean, the title scene starts off really slow and endearing, and it makes you think that, oh, this movie's going to be, like, this really cheesy romantic thing. But then, like, after the first scene, it jumps to something completely different, and then it kind of, like, hits you in the face, like, here I am, like, (laughs) this is Grease, like, this is not just this, it's not just that, it's a little bit of everything and a lot of music, and... That made it really like uppity and fun and it makes you want to continue watching the film. But they do a good job at inputting serious points at appropriate times throughout the movie. And then every time there is a serious thing, discussion, something like they really don't want you to miss, they always sandwich it in between like music and like something exciting happening. So you really don't, you, there, you can't miss all of those parts because mm. you're so excited watching everything else. Right. Do you see this movie influencing anything, any like 
movie or show that you see today? Do you do, do you see its impact in anything else, whether directly or indirectly? Totally. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, I think if you look at the, the musical Hairspray, um, even the difference between, I mean, Grease was a play at first, and mm-hmm. so was Hairspray. But if you compare the two movies, I think... Um, the way the director paces it is very similar to Greece. I think it's almost inspired by Greece. Um, also, the lie, you know, it's inspired live shows to continue to happen. I mean, I think they did a Greece live show, um, what, not five years ago, but the movie came out in the 80s and the play has been out forever before that. I mean, at least the seven, I think it was created in the 70s. So, for and also i mean it's about like greasers and like pink ladies and like groups of people like like categorizing people in a way where currently we don't do anymore but somehow it's still relatable did you have anything else you wanted to add for like aspects of the movie that you enjoy i mean i have to say that like it is the best thing that um john travolta has ever done i think (laughs) arguably like um but including pulp fiction Oh, all right. Pulp Fiction might be the one thing, but as far as musical like thing that he's done, I mean, because he did Saturday Night Live too, so like, or Saturday Night Fever, because he did Saturday Night Fever too. So like, I think if you're comparing how his work was in Saturday Night Fever and movies that are like that that he's done, oh yeah, the best was Grease. I mean, I think that it made a difference on the co-star that that he had too, because Olivia Newton-John is just such a phenomenal singer. But that, I think what really made the movie stand out over anything, regardless of if the writing was good or bad, because there's definitely some parts in it where the writing is bad, and mm. you're like, why would you even say that, you know? <laughs> but the, the talent of all of the musicians that are in the film is just so good. So really, I think visually a, mu- a movie can be subpar, but if it's really good audio- audibly, it makes a huge difference in it. Right. But one thing I did remember during our conversation was the bizarre ending of the, the ending movie. Because I know it ends with them driving off in the car, in the air, just towards the sky. Um, I, I think it's a little weird. I think it's um, obviously like there's a huge question of like, well, did they die? Like, did they go to heaven? Yeah. Like, did they just drive their car into heaven and like that's how they're gonna die? Like, graduating high school? Like, obviously not realistic. But I think when you really think about it, everybody wants a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But then every time you get that like sappy, like, oh, of course it would end that way with them happily ever after, it's like it's not any better. It's just expected. So I think it was actually kind of smart in a filmmaking perspective for them to literally make a joke out of it and be like, let's just drive into the sky together. Because, I mean, the whole movie is about the greasers and the cars and, like, the driving and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it just made it, like, a comical aspect, but it also allowed everybody to think of their own ending. Like, and- over-romanticizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. So the term that I was kind of dancing around but didn't want to bring up here was magical realism, but I couldn't think of it at the time. If I had, I would have asked Megan if she had read the book Like Water for Chocolate, as I had read that book in high school for the magical realism unit that we had done in my literature class. 
Magical realism basically means matter-of-fact inclusion of fantastic or mythical elements into seemingly realistic fiction. In the case of Like Water for Chocolate, there is a scene where a girl is so attracted to a boy that she literally catches fire and has to be doused in water. And so when applying that to Grease's final scene, it made me think of it immediately since it's such an odd ending like we talked about. So one thing that maybe I should admit is for the most part, we had to look up the director of the given movie and see what else they've directed with the exception of Spielberg for Sam's episode and Judd Apatow for Annika's. Once Megan and I looked up the director, I was shocked that not only did she recognize a few of the films, but she had actually watched them. So have you seen other movies from this director and you have? And if so, do you see any similarities? in the way that they're made, shot. Yeah, so uh, Randall Kleiser, he's done quite a few movies that I've seen. Um, notably for me is like, he didn't do the first Honey, I Shrunk Your Kid, but he did the Honey, I Blew Up Your Kid. And when you when I mentioned like how he adds comical things into his like directing into the movies that he does, I think it makes total sense that he did that film. Um, but he also did uh, The Blue Lagoon and also the sequel for that Return to the Blue Lagoon. and. Um, that it's like that's such a, a cult classic um, and by all means I there's so many problems with that movie too but it's it's another one of those imperfectly perfect things it's it's good because there's like things in it that you like and there's things in it that are like oh, okay fine but it together it just makes a whole finished product um, he when you look at the way he shoots the the romantic scenes in the the blue lagoon it's almost it's not even like he put to put a filter over the screen, but like you can tell that it's like the same thing being shot through the same person's eyes because when you like when you take the the opening scene for Greece and like like the romantic scene um, where they're having like romantic conversations in the Blue Lagoon, like it, it's parallel. I think the director himself just really likes to bring a lot of excitement into whatever he's doing, and I think he likes to give his actors a lot of creative control over their characters, and I see a, a similarity in that in all of the things that he's done. But I also see a growth in the things that he's done since Grease 2. I, I, um, I don't think Grease is a perfect movie. I think it's perfectly imperfect. Mm. Um, but I, you can tell that the director's grown from them, but it also hasn't changed their style. And that was about it for the interview, though I did love Megan's answer to the final question. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about Grease? Anything, you know, words for somebody who, who is thinking about watching it? I think if you're thinking about watching it and you don't like musicals, watch it anyway. Because I think anybody can enjoy it even if you don't like musicals. And... Also, just keep your expect expectations low and find it comical because I think if you over-criticize the entire movie, you kind of miss the comical points in it. All right. Thanks, Megan. Thanks. Yeah. So thanks once again for listening to this episode of the Cinematic Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Katie, and I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.